Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. I bet you have a body on your hands. You are correct. It's quite a strange case as well. Have you heard of a man named Samuel Simpson? The big food critic? Didn't he just post a scathing article about Simmons? He said it was the worst food he's ever had or something. Why is this case strange? It was a locked room murder. The victim was found in his room after we had finally got it open. There were no signs of fourth century. Is that a candle? Why would someone burn a candle when there are lights in the room? And it's all the way burned through. Maybe I should note that the wax is yellow. Is that an air? And it's wide open. I better go check out that opposite room. Did you know that the man downstairs on the third floor gave every single person in this building, including the landlord, a couple of candles for free yesterday? He said it was the least a man could do for his fellow neighbors. It was a wonderful thing to do. He was dressed in a large overcoat, boots, and a low-brimmed hat. Samantha Stone knocks on room 308. Your name, sir? Simmons. Carl Simmons. Can I have a look around and ask a few questions about a recent murder of Mr. Samuel Simpson? He was murdered. I suppose I should have seen it coming, and I kind of figured the bloke was going to be off by how many people hated him. His boots were a mess. It looked like soot. Why would he have soot all over his boots? I also saw some candle shavings on the floor. I'm going to look down in the basement. There's soot everywhere down here. This generator has been tampered with on purpose. What do we have here? A table of chemicals? One of the chemicals here is chlorine. If I remember correctly, chlorine, when burned, creates a toxic yellow gas. I just solved this murder and must phone Shepard about it. Now we return to Samantha Stone talking to Carl Simmons in his apartment, proclaiming that she has solved the murder of Mr. Samuel Simpson. Huh? You, you you solved the murder? That is correct. Don't act so surprised. You did have a hand in the atrocity. I told you before, Miss Stone, I didn't kill the man. I didn't say you did. But you solved this murder too, haven't you? I don't quite understand what you're implying, Miss Stone. Ah, uh, never mind that. Please follow me downstairs to the phone, though. Yes, ma'am. The door opens as Carl Simmons and Stone leave room 308. Samantha Stone then picks up the phone receiver. Operator, please get me the police station and ask for Police Chief Carter Shepard. Hello? Is this Stone again? Yes, it is. Greetings, Shepard. Well, what's this about? I told you I'd only call you back when I've nabbed the killer. So you figured out the murder? Who is it? That can wait. Just make haste and find your way to Simmons, please. The restaurant. I'll be waiting your arrival and your deduction. Be seeing you, Stone. Huh? What do you mean, go to Simmons? What is this about? Never mind that. But we must make our way there, too. Why? I deserve an explanation. And you will. All at your uncle's restaurant. But let's not keep him waiting, huh? You did say you had to go meet him, so let's go. Footsteps are heard as they both leave the building. Ha <laughs> ha! 
Big Groove was good looking. He sounds like his upper stone fit. He said Princeton's new drink has swept the nation, and now we can introduce a new sensational drink, Princeton's Powerful Peach Energy Pop. This new flavor gives even more pop and pep than the last flavor. A caffeine and energy twist pump more energy into your veins with an amazing flavor. And this flavor is perfect for college kids to get through a long night. Studying and homework is always easy with a great study buddy like Princeton's Powerful Peach Energy Pop. There you have it, folks. When you need a helping hand, try our new brand. That's Princeton's Powerful Peach Energy Pop. You'll never drop when you taste the peach pop. Samantha Stone and Carl Simmons arrive to Simmons's as Chief Shepard gets there, and then all three of them walk in. Be a dear and bring your uncle out here to the lobby, please, Mr. Simmons. Go with the police officer that I came with, just so you don't try anything funny. He is a part of the murder, isn't he? Correct. So do come back with your uncle. Yes, ma'am. What is this about? I have a duty to my customers to give them good food on time. You should have thought about that before you killed Mr. Samuel Simpson. <laughs> what, what in the world are you talking about? Are you insane? How could I have killed a man? I've been here all last night. Offering up information for an alibi is careless. When you don't even know when the man died. That's why I must ask, why would you give an alibi for last night when the only thing we were told you was that he was murdered? Chief Shepard is right. How would you know what alibi to use for a man you say you didn't kill? Uh, I'll tell you why. Because you killed him. That's why. You can't just accuse me without evidence and reason. He's right, you know. But I know you have everything you need, Stone. So please explain. With pleasure. Let's start from the beginning, shall we? When I arrived on the crime scene this morning, we found Samuel Simpson lying dead in his bed, murdered by poisoning. The question was who, how, and why. Let's start with the who and the how. You, Roy Simmons, were so upset about your restaurant being blackened by this new and devilish food critic that you wanted revenge. And what better revenge than to silence the man and his ill-advised critiques once and for all? First, you snuck to the basement of this apartment so that you could cut the wires in the generator to cause a blackout. Several wires have been cut. This generator has been tampered with. On purpose. Then, a couple of days later, you came to your nephew's apartment room to visit. Luckily, he lives in the same apartment building as your victim, and you sent him away to drink as much as he wanted so you could be alone in his room for your meticulous murder. I remember this because he bought a bunch of drinks since his uncle said that he could put the night of drinks on his tab. You had bought a bunch of candles the day before and sent them to your nephew's house, probably phoning him not to open it so you could give them all to the guests in the building so it wouldn't be suspicious that you only gave them to Samuel Simpson. You also clothed yourself in a low-brimmed hat, boots, and an overcoat so that no one could definitively identify you as Carl Simmons. He was dressed in a large overcoat, boots, and a low-brimmed hat. With that on, I could barely see his eyes or even who he was. But assume it was him by the shipping label on the box that was sent to his apartment room. I think he lives in room 308. I happened to notice the shipping label on the box. So what? Even if that person was me and not my nephew, that doesn't prove I murdered anyone. All that says is that a weirdly dressed man was nice and gave his apartment neighbors some candles. Maybe the wires on the generator just snapped. No, they were definitely cut. And the boots you left at your nephew's room is evidence of that. The boots that were left were completely covered in soot, and the only place where soot is found is in the basement. His boots were a mess. It looked like soot. I'm guessing the reason you left them was because you had other shoes you brought with you. Plus, why would any restaurant owner wear sooty boots? Now, I asked your nephew if these boots were his, and he said yes, claiming that he was a chimney sweep and accidentally got shoes that were a size bigger. I'm a chimney sweep, you see. I got the wrong size. Well, 
That's because he is a chimney sweep and he's quite klutzy, that boy. That's probably why he got the wrong shoes. He probably would lose his head if it wasn't screwed on correctly. How long have you been in the business, Carl Simmons? What? Uh, um, uh, six years? Then I suppose you can pat a cat, correct? Huh? Can you pat a cat? Well, well, of course I can. (laughs) I can do it better than anyone all day long. No, this man is no chimney sweep. What? Because the correct response to can you pat a cat is, oh yes I know, a nix is nothing and a penny roll is a windbuster. Only people in the business would know that. He's not a chimney sweep. Shepard! I'm surprised you know that tidbit of information. Where'd you learn it? My grandpappy was a chimney sweep stone. He would tell me all about it in his stories when he was a youngin. Fascinating. Uh, But back to the murder. Here's what I think really happened. After you got Carl Simmons to leave the apartment, you went into the basement with one of the candles and some sort of knife. On the table in the basement, you shaved away some of the candle wax in the stick without cutting the wick and filled it with chlorine. You then stopped the hole up with the shaved wax from the candle, probably melting it back in. Then you went back upstairs to get the box of candles and you gave every person a candle but made sure the poisoned candle was given to Samuel Simpson. Unfortunately, you must have brought some candle shavings back up to the room with you on your clothes because I found some there. I also saw some candle shavings on the floor. After you gave out the candles, you put the rest in Carl Simmons' room, left the sooty boots there, and changed back into your normal boots and went to your restaurant or your home. While you left, you knew that Samuel would light the candle to do his work and then burned the chlorine-poisoned candle and suffocate him while he laid in his bed doing whatever a food critic does for work. I think that's why the lady in room 409 opened her window last night. The gas wafted to her room, and she was feeling like she was suffocating, so she opened the window. Do you mind if I close the window? It was getting stuffy in here and hard to breathe at some point, so I got up and opened the window. It certainly cleared the air. Well, you still can't prove it was me. What if it was the landlord? Or my silly nephew? I've had it, Uncle. Stop trying to blame your crime on me. You did it, and you know you didn't. I won't have you pinning that sin on me. I kept that knife Miss Stone reference that you had left at my apartment with wax on it and that strange smell to it to protect you. I knew that knife was yours when I saw the initials. I was going to give it to you. I put it in my pocket here, but that's right when Miss Stone came into my room raving on about a murder and candles, and that's when I put two and two together. I did this for you, and you're just going to blame me for this heinous crime? Carl Simmons pulls out the closed pocket knife with Roy Simmons' initials. Well, there you have it. You definitely killed the man, and here's the condemning evidence. Even so, that's a pretty sporty way to kill a man. What if he blew out the candle? The damage is already done. <laughs> the gas filled the room and he was going to suffocate and die anyways. He always shuts himself in his room. He wasn't going to open any doors or windows even if we, <laughs> if we killed him. <laughs> and that man deserved it. All he ever did was hurt restaurants' reputations. People started scoffing my food and saying it was terrible quoting that fool of a man. He deserved to die and since no one else was going to do it, I did. While trying to frame your nephew, that's not justice. That's called cowardice. You did a very nasty thing, Mr. Simmons. Worse than whatever that man could have wrote. You should have let your food do the talking, not your knife. You'll be judged accordingly, Mr. Roy Simmons. In the meantime, you'll be coming with me. Unfortunately, you'll have to take his nephew as well. He did in fact hinder police work and committed a crime by covering and hiding evidence for his uncle. That's not fair. I had to help him. He's family. I know he didn't even care. What redemption do I get? None. Just remember to choose your battles wisely and know the heart of the one you are trying to protect. I know I did the right thing. You know it. And you'll see. I'm justified and you'll regret this. Stop wasting your time with your bulky and slow model of the phonograph. We all love listening to our music, so get new phonograph design from Music Shack to give you a whole new listening experience. Their new design makes the phonograph sleeker and smaller, but doesn't detract from the sound of the vinyls. In fact, the sound is much better. So get yourself the new phonograph design from Music Shack today.
finally have that special someone? Are you looking for a proposal ring, a Valentine's gift, or maybe something that just says, I love you? Well then come on down to Diamond Rings. We have the best diamond cuts in the state. We have all sizes and we can cut it to how you like. This is better than chocolate, better than a store-bought card, better than flowers. If you truly believe in love and truly love your other half, then come on down to Diamond Rings and guess what? We do more than just the rings. Any accessory you want, you can get it right here. Show how much you care with a diamond from Diamond Rings. True love only happens once in your life. When you know that they are the one, the piece to the missing puzzle, they fill the hole in your heart, the happiness that you thought you could never find. A love that fills you and overflows, bubbling up with passion. You know there's such a thing, but where to find it? And with who? How? Follow Katie Small and Too Young as she tries to find this true love that she's only heard of in books and fairy tales. Opening next Friday night at your local theater. Too Young. Vin Benson and his wife walk into Tankards, running into Karen Fay. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here, Miss Fay. Indeed. Long time no see, my business colleague. So, is this your wife? I assume she is. You know her, sweetie. Yes, she's a colleague from my old job. No one special. Come now, even an old friend is somewhat special. Tell you what, let me buy you both some drinks and we can have a toast to... relaxing after a hard day. <laughs> no offense, honey, but we don't need you to get us drinks. We own this silly little place. Well... I own it. Well then, I'll pay for my drink and bring all the drinks over. I just want to talk. The printing company is going down due to the lack of his presence, and I just want his advice, and a little reminiscing wouldn't hurt. <laughs> you two can find a table, and I'll find you when the drinks are done. You get free food service. I'll be quick. Is this okay, darling? Yes, um, I suppose so. She's only bringing our drinks. I'll send her away after a little bit. The silly little girl's harmless, even if she is an ex. Very well. Let's go to the back. Bartender. Oi, bartender. Oi, ma'am. If you can get me a nice beer with ice for me, I'd be ever so delighted. Also, I'm fetching drinks for Benson's, he and his wife. I forgot to ask them what they wanted, though. No need. The Bensons have their favorite drinks whenever they decide to grace us with their presence. I'll mix them and you can bring the Highness and his Queen their drinks. This seems like a nice table. If we can call anything in this place nice. I bought it. I might as well make a showing once in a while. 
It's not like you owe the lowly class your presence. You only own this place, not run it. True, but it's payday. I like to come in person when I take 90% of the earnings from that bartender. Money is quite nice, but his face is priceless. (laughs) (laughs) It's like he thinks he deserves what he works for. (laughs) Your drinks, ma'am. A beer on the rocks, a Tom Collins for Mr. Benson, and a martini on the rocks for the missus. Fancy drinks and fancy cups? They get to have whatever they want since they own this bloody bar. He's a snake. He'll screw you out of house and home if you give him a chance. Well, thank goodness I'm only a colleague. I'd still be careful around that guy. I wish I could get rid of him. I would if I could, but he's forever a thorn in my side. He can ruin you. I know firsthand. I'm just having a drink with him and talking about old times. But he was a nice man when he was working at the old printing office. But I appreciate the advice. Thank you, though. And I'll be taking the drinks now. That girl is taking her time, isn't she? Oh, calm down. The bartender's probably being petty again by taking a while to mix our drinks. He hates us, you know. We only take a little bit of his money. Yes, that's true. But speaking of money, you need to stop spending mine. I don't work so hard for you to go out and buy silly little trinkets. I just went out to buy myself a dress. I don't care. It's my money and I'll tell you what you can buy. In addition, if the dress was that dress I saw you prancing around in while you were in the bedroom, I'd return it. It looks dreadful. (gasps) You terrible, rude, boorish man. I look marvelous in that dress and you know it. You always start this stupid argument and it's not fair, Benny. We are married. Your money is my money. (laughs) That's what you think. I'm not giving you as much money this week as I usually do. You only need to get us groceries. Uh, We have maids for that. You have no right to lower me to the status of some lowly peasant. It's unthinkable. It's called just punishment. It might just humble you. Sorry it took me a while to find the table. Did I miss anything? (sighs) I'm going to the bathroom to freshen up. Wait, where's my little mint toothpick I like in my drink, honey? You forgot to give it to me and I demand it now. Right, I just can't forget that. There, enjoy your drink. I hope you choke. She knows I don't like my toothpick in my drink. That stupid woman. So, what's the real reason you're here, Karen? Don't be so brash as to call me by my first name. And what do you mean, what am I here for? I'm here to drink. It's been a long day. Last time I checked, it was a public bar. No, I mean at my table. I'm with my wife, Miss Faye. It's no harm for old colleagues to talk, isn't it? It's not like anyone's special, right? So why so much animosity? Because that's exactly what you are. No one's special. Peasants like you shouldn't be here at my table in my presence, and I expect you to leave when my wife returns. I plan to spend the night with her. She doesn't seem in overly good mood, and you have some nerve to talk to me like that. Be glad I have a beer in my hand or I'd strike you. Speaking of ill wishes, what's with the bartender? Ugh, he was acting sour again while mixing in drinks, wasn't he? He just saw that I bought tankards while he was causing it to go under. I own him and the bar now, but slow down with that beer. It's not a marathon and it's making me uncomfortable. Take classy sips, like me. I'll drink like I darn well please. I'm back. You look better. That's the magic of freshening up, darling. Well, I suppose I'll leave you two and grab another beer. It was nice to see you again. Right. She drunk her drink rather fast. I wish she took a cup with her, though. I shudder that we have to drink around a commoner's cup. I ran her off just like I said I would. I'd like to sip my drink leisurely without the stench of a low-class citizen acting like she can drink around us and with such an unfeminist gusto at that. She did unnerve me. I can't believe that she'd drink a beer. Commoners confuse me. I, on the other hand, can't wait to get a taste of my fancy martini. (coughs) Darling? Are you okay, darling? Are you okay? Ben? 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 If you have a royal pain I can do, well, I'll tell you what you really ought to do. You should come down to this bakery 
super good and always fresh and new. So when you feel the pain of hunger strike, you needn't be filled with anger strike. So don't you make a fuss, just come on over to us and we'll make you everything just right. So when you're feeling hungry, down and blue, you know just what you gotta do. You have to help a cat, don't worry, it's not too bad. And Best Bakery will make food for you. They're the best pastries and baked goods since Grandma's cooking. So come on down to Best Bakery. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Lama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just slide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so near. You may hear angels cheer, cause we're together. Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day. Just say the words and we'll beat the birds down to Acapulco Bay. Perfect for a flying honeymoon, they say. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Once I get you up there, where the air is rarefied, we'll just glide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so near, you may hear angels cheer, cause we're together. Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day You just say the words and we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect for a flying honeymoon They say, come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Pack up, let's fly away Cleaning just got easier with Sophie's Soap Suds. With a hard-working cleaning agent, everything it touches shines like a diamond and sparkles like a smile. Using a sponge to scrub, once you see the colorful suds, you know it's working. Did I mention it works on foul language? My son, all he ever had done was cuss when he got the chance. Just cuss, cuss, cuss all day long. One day, I'd had enough of it. I went out and bought Sophie's Soap Suds and washed out his mouth nice and good. Now all he does is speak like a gentleman. <laughs> he tries to swear, but Sophie Sophie soap suds clean him out real good. <laughs> Say something, boy. Gosh, Dad, I don't like you. <laughs> Best purchase I ever made. See, folks, Sophie's soap suds works on all kinds of stains. You can buy Sophie's soap suds at any local store. You know it, folks. When all other soaps are duds, try Sophie's soap suds. WCUG Cougar Radio presents the second episode of the new radio drama, Stone Cold Mysteries. Please pay attention for this show is interactive. It is nighttime in the quiet streets of London, August 28, 1890. We are greeted with the sounds of death 
as the rich CEO of a large-scale printing company, Vin Benson, falls dead in a small bar called Tankards. His wife, in distress, hails the police who arrive there moments later. On the scene of a confusing murder, police chief Carter Shepard phones the daring private investigator Samantha Stone to the scene. But who killed this cantankerous man? Let's tune in and find out. Thanks for getting here so quickly, Stone. I was worried I was going to be stuck here waiting for a while. Punctuality is a virtue, Shepard. So is swiftness. So what is this about? Seems we have another murder on our hands. Aww, and here I thought you were treating me to drinks. No, it's always work with you, isn't it? Uh, uh, you, you don't drink. Tankard serves coffee and it's the thought that counts. So where's the stiff and how do you know it's a murder? All good questions. The victim is inside on the floor covered in his cocktail and his wife is in acute hysterics. We think it was murder by poisoning due to the fact that he was fine when he came into this bar and then all of a sudden he started coughing and sputtering. That's when he fell over, bringing his drink with him dead. In addition, the man was foaming at the mouth. Well, that will do it. So what are we standing around for? Let's go see the recently deceased. You always seem so excited about a new case, Stone. It's not my fault that the only time you see me or care to see me is when a murder takes place. I do get excited about other things you know, but I do suppose there is an adrenaline rush and a giddy feeling whenever I have a chance to bring a killer to justice. Uh, as, as I thought. <laughs> Ma'am, uh, can you tell me what happened? He died, you don't! He just fell over and died! Just find out who did it! To do that, I need to know everything that transpired. And if you ever call me Dolt again, well, you would wish you had it. She's not kidding. Oh, I wouldn't anger her. Now, please, tell us the events of tonight leading up to the death. Oh, this is painful. My husband just died and you want me to repeat what happened? Please do so. Just try. We want to help. Very well. We arrived here at Tankards around 7 p.m. We do that every last Friday of the month to collect the payment that this bar rightfully owes us since we own it. We drink a little and then go to the bartender to collect the payment. But tonight we were greeted by one of Ven's old colleagues who just happened to bump into us after we arrived. She brought us our drinks so she could get some advice on how to keep her company afloat. I went to the bathroom at this time to freshen up. When I came back, she left because my husband had promptly shooed her away. I sat down to finally have my drink when he started coughing. That's when he died! Judging from the drink spill on the floor, he was halfway through his drink. That's right, he doesn't like to drink fast. Although he always complains toward the end that his drink lost its flavor due to the ice melting and watering down the drink. And it seems that the colleague finished her drink completely. I assume this uh, plain cup isn't either of yours. You would be right on that account. She didn't even let the ice melt into the drink. She must have been having a rough day to drink that quickly. I smell almonds around the victim. This was a cyanide poisoning. It must have been that blasted commoner. I knew her fraternizing with my husband was bad news. Your accusation is not provable at the moment. In fact, you yourself are just as guilty. <gasps> you suspect me? The nerve. Who do you think you are accusing me of murder? A detective. And I'm not accusing you, although you are a suspect. I smell almonds inside the colleague's cup as well, Stone. They were both poisoned. Now that's interesting. I smell almonds in the wife's cup as well. All three contain cyanide. Although the wife never even touched hers. Stop calling me the wife. My name is Lorraine Benson, and this is my husband, Ben Benson. Really? You two are huge in the factory business. You both are crazy rich. Yes, we are. We own all of the factories on the west side of London. Our competitor, the Stanfords, own all the east side. But even though we aren't lacking in the coin department, he still acts like I'm a financial burden. Explain. Before I went to the bathroom, we had a little spat. The same spat we've been having for 20 years. How he owns the business, which means he owns the money, which means I can't spend any of it unless I go through him, even though I'm his wife. That's certainly motive. Maybe you wanted the money for yourself. I did not. 
You know what? Why don't you go ask the colleague some questions? She said she was getting another beer. She's a suspect too, you know. I think her name was Faye or something. In fact, he mentioned to me that she was an ex. Probably an ex-girlfriend from his old job. Nonetheless, I won't stand for any more of your silly nonsense about me being a lowly criminal as I grieve for my husband. If you bother me with that dribble again, I'll run you and your family into the ground. The wife goes back to her husband as Chief Shepard and Samantha Stone turn around to talk. She's right, although nasty. We should ask this Faye woman some questions. Oh, by the way, Shepard, make sure you have all of your officers clear out the bar before we continue. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Fastener Boys. <laughs> Where shoelaces are the best things to ever happen to shoes. Normal old Velcro is just too wishy-washy. Undoing it when it gets old or popping open at the most inopportune times. Getting caught on your socks or letting your shoes slip off because they can never get tight enough. That's why you need Velcro from Fastener Boys. <laughs> Our ingenious Velcro design does three things. It only attaches to itself, not other fabrics. It stays closed unless it is pulled open. And the barbs pull together to keep the Velcro fastened tight. That means you can run and play as hard as you want with no worries that your Velcro is going to fall off. With this design, you won't need to learn to tie your shoelaces or mess around with those things ever again. I haven't tied my shoes in years. Why use difficult and messy laces when you can use perfect and immaculate Velcro from Fastener Boy? <laughs> Bartender, we're looking for someone sporting the name Faye. That would be me, officer. What's the trouble? Unfortunately, you were one of the last people to see Mr. Benson alive. We are here to ask you some questions. Last to see him alive? You mean he died? My heavens, a death in my bar. I've got to go. I'll be in the back. Hmm. Um, yes. In fact, he was murdered. He seemed fit as a fiddle when I spoke to him last, but... I guess that doesn't matter when you're killed. Not in the least. We were told by the wife that you brought over the drinks. Care to give your view on the events that transpired tonight? No problem. I arrived here before the Bensons and happened to bump into them as they were walking to find a table. I asked if I could just ask a few questions in exchange for getting them their drinks. I didn't wait for an answer since I thought that Mr. Benson would say no. He's a big man now, you know. Fortunately, the bartender knew exactly what they would order. They have favourite drinks here. The bartender said he was very disturbed with having to serve them. I think he hated them. And he made the drinks fairly slow due to this fact. I took the finished drinks to the table, which I had a bit of trouble finding since I didn't know where they sat. I got to their table as an argument was finishing. Something about him turning her into a maid or something. Something about him turning her into a maid or something. When I sat down, he asked for a toothpick. Apparently, he has special ones that he has his wife bring him from home. She took it out of a bag, angrily, I might add, and shoved it into his drink, saying, There, enjoy your drink. I hope you choke. Then she left for the bathroom. I finished my drink while listening to Mr. Benson calling her a stupid woman and then telling her me to scram. I left right when Mrs. Benson came back. That's all I know. This Benson fellow doesn't seem like that great of a guy. You're telling me. I think it's pretty cut and dry. The wife poisoned the toothpick to get back at the husband for all the years of telling her she's not worth his money. And tonight, she decided to put it to an end so she could gather the money and keep the rest of the money that the business makes. Plus, she probably took the opportunity of framing either the bartender or this girl for poisoning the drinks. But the wife's drink and this girl's drink was poisoned too. Maybe she poisoned her drink and the girl's empty glass as to spread the confusion. That explains why the girl is still alive after drinking a full glass of poisoned beer. Maybe, but before we make any rash decisions, let's talk to the bartender. He has the same opportunity of poisoning the three cups as she did. They walked to the back room of the bar where the bartender ran off to. 
Hey, where do you think you're going? Excuse me, miss. We have work to do. Hey, I, I know ye. You're the bloody copper that asked me about Simmons a while ago. But this time you brought me some lady with you, huh? You can't do nothing with me. Have to go flipping off a badge and everything, but you can't bring some floozy in here with you. Who do you think you are? She's not a floozy. She's a private investigator helping me with the murder that just went down in this bar. A murder? No, you mean the untimely death of that cantankerous old man. It was a murder and we have to do our job, so if you would just step aside... No one is allowed back here unless you're staff. It's against the rules. So is murder. <laughs> and your bartender is acting mighty suspicious. I can have you arrested for hindering a police investigation. Oh, stop it. You've already heard this story. <sighs> Fine, but I'm coming with. At least the bartender can get mad at me if you get an escort. But you better make it quick. The copper stench can't be masked by the liquor if you're around it. Uh, thanks. Mr. Jenkins? I couldn't stop them. They just had to force their way in. Bartender... We just have a few questions about tonight. I don't know anything about Mr. Benson's death or how he was poisoned. How would you know he was poisoned? We didn't say anything except that he died when you scrambled off to the back. I don't know a thing. I suggest you talk before you're jailed due to hindering a police investigation. You guys certainly like to throw that piece of information around a lot. Oh, fine. Whenever the Bensons come into my bar, I put Ipecac into their drinks. This time I put in a little bit more than usual. I didn't know that it would kill him. Honestly, I didn't. All I meant to do was cause him some discomfort. Epicac? It wouldn't kill someone. That would only induce vomiting. But why would you do that? Because he stole my bar from me and take ridiculous amounts of money away from my hard-earned work. What do you mean? I was going under a few years ago, and Mr. Benson gave me some money to fix up the bar and make it better than ever. I can't read, so when I signed his contract, I didn't realize I'd signed over my bar and the rest of my life over to him. He owns me now, and with the little money I get to keep from my work, I'll never be able to get out. That is, unless he somehow dies. Right. Wait, what are you implying? That you killed this man and tried to off his wife because he took everything from you. No, I wouldn't dare. I don't think he did it, Shepard. How do you suppose? Because Miss Faye's glass was poisoned too. He had no reason to kill her. Plus, he knew exactly what drink she would take since it was radically different from the Benson's favorite drinks. And she had a plain cup. So, we're back to my wife is the murderer theory? Sure. Um, bartender, what was Miss Faye wearing? Uh, what were the drinks that, that they ordered? And does anyone else have access to this room? The lady, Miss Faye, was dressed in what you see her now, so I don't really see the point to this question. Didn't she have some sort of accessory when she came in? Oh, yeah, like a scarf or a handbag or something. I'm not too sure, maybe she didn't, but the drinks that were ordered was a beer, a martini, and a Tom Collins, all on the rocks. Also, the only people who are allowed back here is the staff, the Bensons, and myself. Thank you for your cooperation. So what now? I think I want to ask Miss Faye one more question first. If you think it will do you any good, I still think it was the wife. Shepard and Stone walk away from the bar. Hasty footsteps pop up as a police officer runs up to both Shepard and Stone. Oh, I'm glad I found you both. There's something strange back at the crime scene. Strange? How so? It's the wife, sir. She was guarding her purse, holding it awful close to her person while we were cleaning up the body. So? Most women like to keep their personal effects close to them. That's nothing strange. Oh, I don't see you carrying your personal effects around stone. It would impede investigation, Shepard. I only bring around stuff like that when I'm not working. Again, not my fault. You never see me outside of work. But is this really the time to be griping about me not bringing a purse? Am I missing something? Or are you two fighting? No, she's just saw that I called her away from home this late at night for murder instead of drinks. You want someone to treat you to drinks? No, I want someone to not just see me when there's a death. But this isn't the point, officer. What's your issue with the woman's purse? Oh, right. Well, while we were cleaning up the body, some drunk man rammed into her and she dropped her purse. A bunch of toothpicks stumbled out and she went ballistic at me for being near them. That's when I remembered the chief's theory that the woman poisoned the toothpicks, so I had the police officer detain her while I smelled the toothpicks. For an almond smell? That's right. I remember that trick from you when you smelled the glasses. Okay, go on. Anyway, I smelled them all, and only a few of them had traces of that almond smell, which was stronger than the rest, which just smelled faintly of almonds. I'm guessing that's because the actually poisoned toothpicks were touching the clean ones. 
That would most likely be the answer. I just thought it was weird. She didn't poison them all. That is strange. It was like she wanted to play Russian roulette with the toothpicks. Only a few could have killed him, but she'd have to pick the right ones. I think I'll go talk to the wife once more about this ordeal. Then we can come back to talk to Miss Faye. You're trusting that she'll still be here by the time we get back. You raise a good point, Shepard. I'll have the bartender keep her back. She'll be put in jail if she leaves. We can do that, right? Yes. If she leaves, she hinders a police investigation. You're still listening to Stone Cold Mysteries right here on 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Shepard and Stone and the police officer walk up to the body. So, where are the poison toothpicks? Make it quick. I have to be back to talk to Miss Faye. Yes, ma'am. The potent toothpicks are on the table. Don't worry. I handled them very carefully. And the other toothpicks are still on the ground. The wife notices that Stone and Shepard have walked up. What is the meaning of this, you harebrained detectives? You bumbling buffoons of a police force have got me in a bind while they sifted through my bag. I can have you all jailed for this. Not if you were planning on killing your husband first. What? I thought we went over this. I would do no such thing. What do you take me for, a Quite the contrary. Your method of killing the man was quite calculated, even though it was up to chance whether or not he died. Was it that you were having a second thought over the cold-blooded murder? I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. We're talking about the toothpicks. You poisoned... You poisoned certain toothpicks with cyanide, hoping that one day a poisoned toothpick would be picked from your purse and put into the man's drink to kill him. Maybe you were feeling guilty about killing him, so you decided it wasn't going to be your fault but fates. I bet that every night you hoped he would die, and then you could pin it on the bartender. Thanks, Shepard. Care to be the detective for a change? What? How absurd. This foolish knob thinks that I poisoned my husband's toothpicks. What a ridiculous notion. Care to prove it? The smell of almonds proves that you use cyanide. Right, officer? Right. When I smelled your toothpicks, some were doused in cyanide. I knew that because cyanide smells like almonds. You think I'm going to believe this nonsense just because your little gopher repeats what you say? You're even stupider than the police chief. You should shut your gob, woman. You have no right to speak to me or my officers in stone like that when you're so very guilty. I'm not guilty if I'm innocent. Then why don't you prove your innocence? What? That's what you wanted all along, right? To prove your innocence? Then do it. Samantha Stone picks up the potent batch of toothpicks off the table with a napkin. These are the so-called poison toothpicks. They smell strongly of almonds. I don't suppose you mind putting these in your mouth, do you? I mean, that is what they are used for. Splendid job, Stone. You backed her into a corner. Fine. I poisoned some of the toothpicks with cyanide. I did it because the man never loved me. I could tell because all I was to him was a status. He never let me do anything besides go to events so he would look good. He never let me buy things or go to my own parties or talk with friends. I never got to leave the house unless it was for something that he deemed worthy for me to go. The worst thing is that he treated me like dirt and that I'm less of a person. We haven't done anything romantic, ever. The last time he kissed me was on our wedding. Although I hated him, I kept on a good face. He never knew my feelings, but the man was wretched. He needed to pay. But that doesn't explain why you decided to only poison a few and leave the rest to chance. I did that because he was human. I didn't want to murder him outright. I wanted to leave it up to fate. If I pulled out a poison toothpick, then it was because fate finally wanted him dead. I have no right to toy with the life of an individual, but if destiny chose the toothpicks, then I would have been justified. I am truly innocent. That's where you're wrong. Fate has the power to kill anyone, anytime. If fate wanted the man dead, he would have died. You putting the few poison toothpicks into your purse with the clean ones was just to satisfy your guilty heart. You lied to yourself saying that it was up to fate, and soon you believed it. You aren't innocent. Not in the least bit. (laughs) Who cares? You aren't right, Miss Investigator. All you do is blow hot air. I'm justified with my actions, and even if I'm not, you can't prove that my toothpick was the thing that killed him. It doesn't matter. You are still going to jail for the attempted murder of your husband. And if you're truly guilty, then you'll pay the price. Chief Shepard directs his attention to Samantha Stone. She's guilty, right? Of attempted murder of Vin Benson, yes. Uh, now whether she killed him or not is still up in the air. I still don't think that the poison toothpick would leave such a strong scent of cyanide behind after being washed off in the liquid and then ingest it. 
If it was, I'm still not satisfied with the solution. It seems like there's still too many discrepancies in the story. Then let's go and talk to your suspect again, Miss Faye. You seem quite fixated on her before. Maybe we can get some more clues from her and fill in the puzzle. I think that's a splendid idea, Shepard. Let's go and question Miss Faye some more, especially about that missing accessory. Chief Shepard and Samantha Stone go back to Karen Faye. Miss Faye, I have some more questions to ask. I? Did you know that Ven Benson came here every night on the last Friday of the month? No, of course not. I just came here tonight to let off some steam, and I just happened to catch him as he walked in with his wife. Right. Were you ever involved with Mr. Benson in the past? I, we used to work together in a printing company before he went on the big time. How about outside of work? What do you mean? I mean matters involving the heart. Were you ever romantically involved with Mr. Benson? No. And I don't see how that has anything to do with this investigation. It has everything to do with the investigation, but I can't prove it yet. Where is your accessory? Like a purse or a scarf that you came in with? Excuse me? The bartender said that you had an accessory with you when you ordered the drinks, so where is it? Maybe I had a scarf or something. I don't remember accessorizing if I did. I must have left it at the Benson's table. That's not right. We didn't find any handbag, scarf, or any accessory at the crime scene. Maybe you just didn't see it. I mean, it's not like you were looking for an accessory, were you? You know what? Never mind this. I don't even know if I had one, so I don't have to explain myself to you. Good luck, you two, with the investigation, but I'm done speaking as I finish my drink. Uh, but- no, it's okay, Shepard. She's right anyways. Let's just go look around the crime scene one last time. If you think that's the right thing to do... So, what's the plan, Stone? I need you to have the police officers search the bar for garbage cans and then look through the garbage cans for a woman's accessory. Preferably something worth noticing. And it would be missed if it disappeared. So you think she disposed of it? Of course. That's the only way she would have been able to get rid of it without us finding it at the crime scene. Also, she didn't seem too concerned about losing it, which means she knows where it is or she doesn't want it to be found. That's why I think if we find that accessory... Maybe a bag or a scarf, whatever a woman might carry around or accessorize with, we can get a crucial clue to solving this murder. Right. I understand. Chief Shepard goes to the police officer and sends them to various parts of the bar to search in the trash cans for an accessory. You go over there, you go over there, you go over there, and you go over there. After a few minutes, a police officer comes back with the accessory sopping wet. Look at that! We found the accessory! Here you are, Stone! Samantha Stone shakes her head. No, I don't even need to take it, Shepard. We've been going in circles this whole time, but now I've just solved this murder. Let's go nab the killer, shall we? Here we end the second episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a Challenge, Find the Killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio or Twitter us at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mysteries.